Today's sermon is going to be weird. Um, I know, huh? <laughs> weird, weird in that it's going to be one long introduction. Um, and one long introduction meaning I am just setting up next week's message. Um, so you have to come back next week to hear the end. Uh, <laughs> I'm setting up next week's message. And um, I couldn't do this all in one because we would be here for a while. And I just want to be succinct. I want to be to the point, and I want you to hear carefully what I'm saying, and I want you to process. Um, it might not make you feel good. It might make you feel good. I don't know, uh, depending on where you are in your walk. But, of course, the goal is not whether you feel good or not. It's what God says, right? <laughs> that's, the, that's the thing, yeah. So um, I'm still processing the message myself, so you could know that just to be frank and honest with you. Um, so I'm just setting up next week. I'm setting up next week. Let me just say it that way. So do me a favor. Turn to your neighbor real quick and say, neighbor, neighbor. Avoid, the avoid the shortest route. Yeah, tell the other neighbor. Say, other neighbor, other neighbor. Avoid, the avoid the shortest route. Yeah, very, very important. Yeah, very, very important. Yeah. Here's what I learned this week about God. Um, and I think I can be honest in saying I knew it, but I didn't want to know it. Uh, but I know it now, and that is God is never in a hurry when he's working on us, okay? He always allows adequate time to remove from us everything that's not like him. I don't like that. Um, I don't. I'm just going to be frank and honest with you, and I don't think you do either. Um, but, but he's never in a hurry when he's working on us. He always allows adequate time for him to remove everything in us that is not like him. And let me say this by way of introduction to the long introduction that I'm going to be sharing this morning. The reason, the reason that God takes his time to do what God wants to do is because if he releases us too quick, we will do us. Are you with me? And it won't look nothing like him. And when we function, when we do what we're supposed to do, his goal and his intent is that we look like him, not like ourselves. Does that make sense? Very important, very important. And, and, and the other part of that, that is very, very important, we don't dictate to God when we're ready. <laughs> he tells us. I don't like that either, because I want to say, hey, God, use me now, I'm ready. And then he says, not yet, you know, so he always allows adequate time. Uh, he's never in a hurry when he's worked on us. He allows adequate time to remove from us those things that don't look like us. We're dealing with this series, Exodus. Um, I am moving you from slavery to Canaan, um, where this year we're talking about the season of more than enough. And so we're just on a journey. We're on a journey going somewhere. So I want to look at, at last week we spent, not last week, a couple of weeks ago, we spent a lot of time talking about those 10 plagues. And it wasn't until the death of the firstborn that God released the Israelites from Egypt. You guys remember that quite well. If you don't remember, go online or get the, we have podcasts now, I guess. So yeah, subscribe to the podcast. It's iTunes. We're big time. Woo. <laughs> Get the podcast and you can listen to it and hear what's going on. Today, I want to, I, I, I wrestled with this sermon for, I guess this is my third week now. 
I was stuck in Dallas last week, and I had to process it a little bit. So um, thanks, Dayron, for stepping up to the plate. Appreciate you, man. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that I, I felt Dayron's pain because I think I called Dayron like probably 11 o'clock Saturday night and said I can't get back to Denver. <laughs> um, you're up. And I thank our elders for working with him and just thank you, Vonda, for letting him stay up all night um, to put something. <laughs> you know what it's like to be a pastor now. Good. Okay. Exodus chapter 13. Exodus 13. And I'm going to read a lot of scriptures, and I'm setting up next week. Is that fair? Come on, say, preachers setting up next week. That's good. I just need y'all to know I'm setting up next week. Good, good. Exodus chapter 13. Um, go to verse 17. Yeah. Let me read one verse. And then we'll walk this through for a little while. You guys are there? Well, let me read, let me read the first two. When, you guys say amen if you're there. Amen. And for this series, as I've stated, I'm reading from the ESV. When God, when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them by way of the land of the Philistine, although that was near. Some of your translations said that was the shortest route. For God said, lest the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. Verse 18. But God led the people around by the way of the wilderness toward the Red Sea. And the people of Israel went up out of the land of Egypt equipped for battle. Okay, stop there. Let me make a couple of comments. I've been saved since I was the age of 12. I've been hearing this story probably since I got saved at the age of 12. And I think I'm comfortable in saying the majority of you have been hearing this story since you were the age of 12. And every preacher that preached or every lesson or every book or everything that I have heard Every movie that I've seen, matter of fact, there's one out now called Exodus, isn't it? That's where I stole my title from. Um, <laughs> you know, they say this. God released the Israelites, and in order for them to get to Canaan, they went through the Red Sea. Correct? Come on, say, I've heard that too, preacher. I want to mess with you a little while. The Red Sea did not have to be a part of the deliverance story. It was optional. God did not have to take the Israelites through the Red Sea to get them out of Egypt. I mean, that's, that was, let me put it to you this way. That was not even part of the route from Egypt to Canaan. So the Red Sea didn't have to be in the story. And I want to help us this morning because if you're like me, you've encountered Red Sea situations and you've 
Don't know why, you don't know what to do with it. So this thing has me messed up. The Red Sea, God did that for a reason, and I want to talk about that for a little while, the, the reasons I believe that the text says why he did it. But I want to talk about that because the Red Sea was not mandatory, it was optional. All your lives you thought it was mandatory. Don't act like you knew that. Because I just found out, and I'm your pastor, so if I just found out. <laughs> right? I used to think it was mandatory, but it was optional. It was optional. And I love the looks that I'm getting from the deep folk because they're like, where he going with this? Where he find that? So I want to walk you through some scriptures to show you some things so we can work through what we need to work through. And remember, it's just an introduction to what's going to happen next week. All right? So let's begin here um, and be patient with me as we read because I'll abstract up really, really fast to kind of get to where we need to go. So let's look at some literary context. Back up to chapter 42 in the book of Genesis. We have to go all the way to Genesis chapter 42 for you to understand what I'm about to say um, to kind of talk about what I want to talk about. So chapter 42 of the book of Genesis. Um, and you, you might want to go here because this, this will really help you as well. Um, yeah. And bear with me as we kind of walk through this. 42, one, let me read this and then we're going to go down and kind of share. Now, just backdrop real quick. Most of you know that the reason the Israelites were in Egypt was because God used Joseph to predict the famine and he wanted to preserve the Israelites. So Joseph was positioned in Egypt beforehand such that when the famine in Egypt came, he would have a person positioned to preserve his lineage. Everybody okay with that, right? Okay. So look with me now at chapter 42. Um, the famine has happened in Egypt. And notice what Genesis chapter 42 verse 1 says. When Jacob, that's Joseph's dad, learned that there was grain for sale in Egypt, he said to his sons, why do you look at one another? And he said, behold, I have heard that there is grain for sale in Egypt. So go uh, down and buy grain for us there that we may live and not die. So Joseph's so 10 of Joseph's brother went down to buy grain in Egypt, but Jacob did not send Benjamin, Joseph's brother with his brothers, for he feared that harm might happen to him. Thus the son of Israel came to buy among the others who came from famine, from the fa for the famine was in the land of what? You guys make it, connecting the dots? They left Canaan, to go where? Egypt. To Egypt to do what? Okay, good. You guys are tracking with me. Now look at verse 6. Now Joseph was governor over the land, and he was the one who sold to all the people of the land. And Joseph's brother came and bowed themselves down before him with their faces to the ground. Joseph saw his brothers and recognized them, but he treated them like strangers, and he spoke roughly to them. Where did you come from, he said. And they said from the land of what? Canaan, Canaan to do what? 
by food. Very, very important. Old Testament repetition is very, very important. Now jump down to chapter 42, verse 29. Jump down to 229. Look at 29, okay? Now, that's the first trip from Canaan to Egypt. Everybody okay with me? Right? And you guys know what happened. Let me narrate real quick. When they went to Canaan to buy food, Joseph recognized them. They didn't recognize him. He stuffed all their stuff back in their bag. He gave them the food. He didn't charge them. Then they went home. And they stayed home for a while. They ate up all that food. And you know what happened. He kept one of his brothers. Now the food is out. And this is the second trip now that daddy is sending them to get some more food. Everybody okay with me? So look at verse 29. When they came to Jacob, their father, in the land of Canaan, they told him all that had happened to them, saying, the man, um, uh, verse 30, the man, the Lord of the land, spoke roughly to us, and he took us to be spies of the land. So let me back up a little bit. Sorry about that. Let me back up. 29, they just made it back now from Egypt back to where? Good. They made it back from Egypt to Canaan. Now go to chapter 43. 15, yeah, this is the second trip. Yeah, thanks, sorry about that. 43 and 15. This is just the introduction, so, yeah. Okay. You guys are there? Second trip. So the men took this present, and they took double the money. They're going back to buy food, and Joseph said, don't come back unless you have Benjamin with them, and Benjamin. And they arose and went down where? To Egypt. And they stood before who? This is the second trip. Second time they've gone now. Go to 45 and 25. Yeah, go over to 45 and 25. Let me show you this. Yeah. Okay, here it is. Okay. So now they're going back after the second time. You guys are there? Verse 25 says, so they went up out of Egypt... And they came to the land of Canaan to their father Jacob. So you see what's happening here now? They went back from Egypt this time, and they're going where? To Canaan. And verse 26 says, they told him all that has happened. This is when Joseph revealed himself to his brothers. And um, they told him, verse 26, Joseph is still alive, and he is ruler over the land of Egypt. Y'all, y'all, I want you, I'm making some intention here. Um, go down to 46. Go to chapter 46, verse 1. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Then I'm going to show you something in a little while, then we'll get back to the text. You guys are there? Say amen if you're there. So now here's what's happening. Joseph now is bringing his family from Canaan, and he's relocating them to where? Right. You kind of get the deal. So he's moving his daddy, his mama, his uncle. He's, you know, doing all that stuff. So Joseph took all... So Israel, I'm sorry, took his journey... With all that he had, and he came to Bathsheba, and he offered sacrifices to the God of the fathers uh, of his father Isaac. Um, verse two, and God spoke to Israel in visions in the night and said, "Jacob, Jacob," and he said, "Here I am." Then he said, "I am God, the God of your father." Look at this. Do not be afraid to go down to Egypt, for there I will make you into what? Verse four. I myself will go down to Egypt, what? Y'all see that? I like that too. And I will also bring you up again. You guys see that? And Joseph's hand will close your eyes. 
Meaning, Jacob, I'm going to take you to Egypt. I'm going with you. It's cool. You're going to die there. But I'm going to take you out. You guys are tracking with me. Okay? Um, and verse 6 says what happened. Go over to chapter 50 real quick. Um, yeah. 50, yeah, 50, five, zero. Yeah. Yeah, there is that many books in Genesis, in case you didn't know. Yeah. Genesis 50. Uh, let me just show you this, and then I'm going to talk. Um, yeah. Let me see where I want to read. Bear with me for a little while. Um, okay, let's just read. Okay. So his daddy dies, okay? Um, Joseph is governor or ruler over the land. Let me kind of walk through this real quick. Um, verse 1 of chapter 50. You guys are there? Then Joseph fell on his father's face and wept over him and kissed him. And Joseph commanded his servants, the physician, to embalm his father. So the physicians embalmed Israel. Notice the transition in name. Verse 3. Forty days were required for it, and that is how many were required for embalming. And the Egyptians wept for him 70 days. Isn't that interesting? Verse 4. When the days of weeping for him were past, watch this now, Joseph spoke to the household of Pharaoh, saying, If now I have found favor in your eyes, please speak to the heirs of Pharaoh, saying, My father made me swear, saying, I am about to die in my tomb, that I have hewed out for myself, where? In the land of what? Canaan. There you shall bury me. So now, therefore, please go up and bury my father. Now, therefore, please let me go up and bury my father. Then I will do what? Return. Don't miss that. Verse 6. Pharaoh said, okay, go ahead and go and bury your father as he had made you swear. Now, this is interesting. So Joseph went up to bury his father, and with him went up all the servants of Pharaoh, the elders of his household, and all the elders of the land of Egypt, as well as the household of Joseph, his brothers, his father's household, only the children, their flock, and their herds were left in the land of Goshen. I read that too fast. Y'all missed that. Verse 7. So Joseph leaves Egypt. Let me, let, me, let me translate so you can track with me. Joseph leaves Egypt to bury his father. He goes up with all the servants of Pharaoh, all the elders of his house, all the elders of the land of Egypt, as well as the household of Joseph, his brothers and his father's household, they only left the children and the animal behind. And they went to Canaan to bury daddy. That's a whole lot of folk. That's a huge funeral. Huge. I'm going to say probably hundreds and hundreds and hundreds at the risk of isogeting the text, I might say possibly a couple of thousand people, Joseph was prominent. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Huge possession. And look at the length of the procession. They leave Egypt, and they go all the way to Canaan. They bury daddy in a tomb that Abraham bought. Y'all know all this stuff, right? And then they travel back to Egypt. Then they go to work. Now, the reason I had you read that, several things. Number one, 
The trip was not that long that it took them 40 years to get there and back. Because it didn't say when he got to Canaan and he got back, he was old and gray because it took that long. <laughs> it was a short trip. There's no mention of boats. There's no mention of the Red Sea, not one time in all the sojourns that we read. Come on, are you with me? Matter of fact, the trip was so short that the brothers could go buy food and get back home before daddy starves to death. <laughs> are you with me? Matter of fact, the trip was so short that Joseph himself knew the route quite well because he says, leave your brother here, go get the rest and come back. And to expedite things and to speed the trip up, he gave them a couple of mules and camels so they can get there really fast and back really. It was a short trip. Are you with me? And then they spend some time in Egypt. And then Exodus begins. Now go to Exodus. Let me pick up because I'm not going to be before you long. I want to Exodus now chapter 13, is it? That's where I'm at today. Verse 17. Yeah. You there? So watch 17 now. Say amen if you're there. When Pharaoh, well, back up, before I even read this, do what you want with this piece of information I'm about to give you. Remember with me, Moses went to Pharaoh and said to him, let the people go that we may take a three-day journey in the wilderness to worship. Do what you want with that piece of information. Yeah, because they were going to go to Canaan and... <laughs> Do what you want with that piece of information. So watch this now. When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was the shortest route. But, the text says, for God said, lest the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. Verse 18. But God led the people around by the way of the wilderness toward the Red Sea. And the people of Israel went up out of the land of Egypt equipped for battle. What in the heck are you doing, God? We're on the run. Pharaoh could change his mind at any time. We know how to get there real fast. <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing? I, can y'all get that map up on the screen? Is that possible? And I don't have a laser pointer. I, I, I forgot to do this. Um, yeah, yeah, just do that real quick. Okay. Here's the deal. I wish I had a laser. Anybody got a laser pointer? Can I borrow? 
<laughs> Professor without a laser pointer, right? Um, on this side over here, let me just go here. Everybody follow me real quick. Um, let me be ghetto for a little while. Excuse me. Excuse me, excuse me. Uh, just be ghetto just for a little while, okay? Your pastor did not do this. I had a laser pointer. Okay, put that back up there. Don't put me on the screen. Folks will see that. Don't let the online people see this. Okay, good. Over here is Goshen. Everybody can see that? You guys okay over there? Y'all can see this? Okay. Um, notice what this says. Egypt. You guys see what I'm saying, right? And then on this side, here's the mic stand. See it says Canaan right there? Okay. So the journey was from Egypt to Canaan. Now, in the biblical times, here's what they would do. They would travel on dry land all the way across to Canaan. Short route. Depending on speed, depending on animal, depending on whatever, it was a short route. Because when, when they ran out of food over here, people from all over these regions would take the short route and they would come here, okay? God releases the Israelites. This is like real ghetto with this mic stand. Yeah. God would release the Israelites. And the dots now are symbolic of the route That's deep to me. Now, deeper still, well, let me not go there. I'm not going to mess with y'all. We'll talk about that next week. Okay. So, I am the person that's saying, God, what are you doing? Okay. What are you doing? Why are you taking us that long route when we can go straight across to get to where we need to go? And notice the text. Can you put that back up real quick? Put this back up real quick. Notice what it says, that he did not lead them the path of the Philistines. You see the Philistines right there? Because he's saying, that's, that's the natural route, that's the short route, but I'm not taking them that way. I'm taking them a different route for a particular reason. Okay? Now, notice what he says the reason is. Look with me at verse 17. And then let's talk. Lest the people change their minds. I'm in the middle of 17. For God said, lest they change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. But God, but God led the people around by the way of the wilderness toward the Red Sea. And they went up out of Israel armed for what? Battle. Very, very. They went up out of, out of is, Egypt armed for what? Okay. Now, turn your neighbor real quick and say, neighbor. With God, he always avoids the shortest route. One more time. Say, with God, he always avoids the shortest route. Now, check this out. They were in Egypt for 400 years. That's a long time. Are you with me? Now... After 400 years of being, I'm not going to use the word slavery because they were not slaves. They were paid. You don't pay slaves. They had developed a lifestyle. 
I need to change this culturally so you don't, 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 don't mess the text up because we have this crazy perception that they were slaves in Egypt. They were living. They had a lifestyle. Matter of fact, they were farmers. They had herdsmen. They had Goshen. They were planting crops. Y'all know this. They were raising sheep. Slaves don't have those kinds of benefits. Are you with me? And, and, and the reason, part of the threat with them and the Egyptian was, but they worked for the Egyptian was that they were multiplying so fast. We saw this a few weeks ago in Exodus that the, the new Pharaoh was threatened by the growth of these people. Okay, so, so, so here's what's happening here. They, they, they started to build houses, and the houses no longer look like they used to look when they were in Canaan. They went shopping, and they bought clothes, and the clothes no longer look like they used to look when they were in Canaan. 400 years. They started to put on makeup. That's the women. And the makeup no longer looked like it used to look when they were in Canaan. I wish I had somebody in here. They went out and bought cars. And the cars no longer look like they used to look when they were in Canaan. Y'all still wondering where I'm going. I'm from the Caribbean. I'm from the islands. You don't see me walking around with banana leaves. Not that we do that in the Caribbean. You get what I'm saying? But, but yeah, we don't do that. Don't get me wrong. But, but let me put you this way. When I get off the plane and I go on the beach, I look completely different than I do now. You get what I'm saying? Um, and and if, especially if it's a primitive culture, I look like the culture. But the longer I stay in the United States, the more assimilated I become. You get what I'm saying? And so, I mean, the majority of you, unless you have experience with a person from the Caribbean, the majority of you don't even know that I'm from the Caribbean because my language has changed so much. Me and really changing. I just talking like this, that's why I can't understand, man. I could still go back like I just like that there. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> so you see. I can go back and forth. I, are you with me? I can go back and forth. But the problem is the longer I stay here, the more I look like you, the more I sound like you, the more I become like you, the more I behave like you, and the more you think I am one of you. So if I get on a plane and I take the shortest route, and I relocate back to the islands, when I get off the plane, the island folk will think I'm American. <laughs> so if I want to go home and reassimilate, it's interest to take the short, avoid the shortest route because I'm going to carry some things with me that oh, I wish I had somebody, I wish I had somebody in here. Are you with me? I'm going to carry some things with me back to the place of promise that doesn't belong or doesn't fit or should not be a part of the culture of the place of promise. So after 400 years, God knew that. After 400 years, God knew that. Because the moment they left Canaan and moved into Egypt, some other folk moved into Canaan. Y'all know this. Come on. Come on. Matter of fact, because you'll notice when Joseph and them were going back and forth, there's no mention of the Philistines. The road was plain. 
But after 400 years, the hood don't look the same. <laughs> Come on, y'all, talk to me this morning. Talk. This is just the introduction. I want to set up what's going to happen next week. I want y'all to track with me on this. So, so the text says, even though the route was shortest, God took them the scenic way because here's what happened. If anything goes wrong on the short route, they will go back to what they know. Isn't that my problem? Isn't that your problem? Come on now. Isn't that the problem with the person that just left an abusive relationship? Come on, talk to me. Isn't that the problem with the person that just got released from, from prison? Isn't that the problem with the person that just got off of that drug addiction? Isn't that the problem with the person who just laid the bottle down? Come on, talk to me this morning. Isn't that the problem with the majority of us? We've been in that thing so long that we have become assimilated. It's become a part of who we are, part of our culture. But we want to say, God, bring me out, and we want the short route. But we take who we were into the place of promise, and God is not going to have that. Avoid the shortest route. I need two witnesses here this morning. You, you got it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the problem. We want to take folk off the street, straight out the baptismal pool, and put them in the pulpit and want to know why the church is so messed up. That's the short route. Come on, talk to me this morning. We want to take folk just fresh out of prostitution and marry them to a priest. That's the short route. Your relationship just ended and you're ready to get remarried again. That's the short route. You got to learn how to avoid the Philistines. <laughs> because, 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 here's the thing, you don't know how to fight. That's what the text says, right? Come on, y'all talk to me. That's what the text says. That's why, that's why. I'm trying to quit marijuana, and, and, and I could only stop for two weeks, but I keep going back. I don't know how to fight. That's why I'm trying to put the bottle down, but I keep going back. I quit, and I came straight to church, and I'm an usher now. You know, I'm on the worship team. I'm a musician. I'm involved in ministry. You took the short route. You avoided the pro— I won't. Yeah, 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 yeah. You avoided the process, and you're ready to jump in. Life all jacked up, all hurt, all wounded. You've been in this thing so long. And you wonder why we're in it, but we keep slipping back. We keep slipping back. We keep slipping back. We keep slipping. You don't know how to fight. You don't know how to fight. You don't know. You don't know how to fight. You don't know how to fight. Because you've been in it too long. Let me put myself in it. I've been in it. We've been in it. Too long. 400 years is a long time, guys. Come on, let's be honest with ourselves. We look Egyptian. That's why some of us still want to come to church looking. Let me leave that alone. Because <laughs> we've been doing it so long. 
and we want the church to look like Egypt. I'm going to leave that alone. We've been in it too long, and we don't know how to fight. We don't know how to fight. We don't know how to fight. So here's what God wants us to do. If we're going to get from slavery in Egypt to Canaan, there's a process. The route, real long. Real long. You guys are tracking with me. Real long. This is why I said in my introduction to the introduction that duration of time in the process is God's business. Yeah. Duration of time in the business process is God's business. I don't tell him when I'm done. He tells me. Now, check this out. This is going to mess you up. It's going to mess you up. And a lot of times, he will speak through others to tell you. Because this is how... Yeah, please don't get offended with me. This is how rude some of us is, are. Don't tell me when you think I'm ready. It's between me and God. And the fast I check, God will never violate his, I'm, I'm echoing John, violate his protocol for your benefit. He has order. You don't believe me, read Romans 13 when you get a moment. It'll tell you all about that. That's New Testament. I can give you a lot of Old Testament examples, okay? Avoid the shortest route because you don't know how to fight. Does this make sense? Now, let me give you a couple of things based on the text, and then we're going to pick this up next week. So now go down to um, verse 21. You can read 19. Verse 19, 21 says, so since God is taking them the scenic route, right? Look at what happens. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them along the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light that they may travel by day and by night. 22. The pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night did not depart from them before the people. Important information. I took you all the way back to Genesis chapter 42. First recorded instance of the trip from Canaan to Egypt. There's no pillar of cloud. There's no fire by night. Because they know how to get there. They don't need God to take them. They can do that with their eyes closed because it's the most direct route. But when God's trying to work something out of you, you've never been that way before. <laughs> so you don't know what's around the corner because you've never seen it. I wish I had some. So you need the cloud by day, and you need the fire by night to guide you. Come on, talk to me this morning, because you've never been that way before. And, and, and what I like about the text, the text says it didn't matter whether it was day or it didn't matter whether it was night, they could travel as long as God stayed in front. 
front of them. And my problem and your problem is we make a little progress and we want to say to him, God, move out the way. We've got it from here. We can make, oh, I wish I had somebody in here that'll travel with me. You need the pillar in front and the fire behind to guide the way. It's a daily thing. 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 I tell my friends that's trying to get off of stuff, that's trying to get their marriage whole, that's trying to fix life, I can't wait for this to be done. It's okay. When you wake up in the morning, just say, cloud, show up. That's all. When the sun go down, you say, fire, show up. Come on, I wish somebody. Don't ever make the mistake of telling God, God, I've got this. You've never been that way before. He's taking you the scenic route because he's trying to work out of you what's in you that's not like him. Uh, I wish I wish I knew this stuff 16 years ago when my marriage was jacked up. And I'm trying to say, God, you better fix her. And she's trying to say, God, you better fix him. And the whole time he's saying, both y'all better shut up and let the cloud stay where it needs to be and let the fire stay. Are you with me? Are you hearing me this morning? Are you hearing me this morning? You need the presence of God every single day. Hear me out. You don't know where you're going. Wish that map were up there. It's okay, don't put it up. Because you've never been that way before. <laughs> you never. Yeah. Matter of fact, the way you've been before had gotten you in a mess that you're in right now in the first place because you knew how to get there. <laughs> Are you with me? Because you knew how to get there. Are you with me? Now, let me, let me, let me, I promise our tech team I'm going to beat that clock today, so I'm going to beat the clock. I'm going to beat, oh, gosh, didn't beat the clock, it's 11 o'clock. <laughs> I tried, I tried, I tried, I tried. Y'all grace me with five minutes. I'm going to hear it. I'm going to hear it. I'm going to hear it for them. I'm going to hear it. But it's okay. It's all good. Chapter 14. Look at, the, look at this next thing. And, and this is what I really want to talk about. Okay. You guys are there? Chapter 14, Exodus 14. Um, Let me, give me a moment to navigate myself around here. Okay, good. Verse 1. Then the Lord said to to Moses, tell all the people of Israel to turn back and encamp in front of Pi-Hahiroth, however you want to say it, between Migdal and the sea, in front of Baal, Zephon, you shall encamp facing it by the sea. You guys see that? That's some jacked up stuff in chapter 2. I mean, verse 2. That's some, I mean, trust me, it's some jacked up stuff. Okay? Verse 3. For Pharaoh will say to the people of Israel, they are wandering in the land. The wilderness has shut them in. Verse 4. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart. I thought you were done hardening his heart with the firstborn. This is a parenthetic, and it's free. You wonder why stuff still come up years later? (laughs) You've been divorced like 60 years, and it was because of her. 
and then you walk with your new boo. And all of a sudden, you see her. Stuff come up. That <laughs> I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he will pursue them. And then watch this now. And I will get glory over Pharaoh and all his hosts, and the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. Next week, okay? Now watch this. Then the king of Egypt was told, verse 5, that the people have fled, the mind of Pharaoh and his servants was changed toward the people, and they said, this is what we have done, this is what, uh, that we have let Israel go, no, read again, what is this we have done, that we have let Israel go from serving us? Verse 6, so he made ready his chariot, he took army, took 600 chosen chariots and all the other chariots of Egypt. This is worse than it was in Egypt. And officers all over them. And the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, king of Egypt, and he pursued the people of Israel while the people of Israel were going out defiantly or boldly. Verse 9. The Egyptian pursued them and all Pharaoh's horses and chariots and horsemen and his army, and they overtook them, encamped at the sea of Pi-Hiaroth in front of Baal Zephon. Look at 10. When Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them, and they feared greatly. And the people cried of Israel, cried out to the Lord. Then they said to Moses, Is it because there were no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us in bringing us out of Egypt? Is not this what you said, we said to you in Egypt? Leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. Verse 13, Moses said to the people, fear not. Big Moses, go Mo. Stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never fight again. Verse 14, remember I said they didn't know how to fight? The Lord will fight for you. You only have to be silent. <laughs> Y'all didn't get it. Y'all didn't get it. Y'all didn't get it. You're going to get it next week. Watch this. So God releases them from Egypt. And he avoids the shortest route where they could have just walked, gone straight, and get on about their business. However long that would have took. He takes them the scenic route all the way over here. And then they pass the point where they had made it all the way around and was about to go by all this stuff. Assume that's the Red Sea. And God says, stop! Turn back. Tripping. Go back. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to go back. And I want you to pie heroes, wherever that is. And I want you to set up camp right by the sea with your face facing the sea, with the mountains behind you. I want to hem you in so you don't have nowhere to go. Cool. Y'all just sit right there. I'm going to get Pharaoh. And I'm going to harden his heart, and he's going to chase you all, and then he's going to catch up to you. And when Pharaoh got there, People saw him coming, Moses, Moses, he's coming. Why did we turn around? Why did you set us up by the fire, by the sea? We could have made it a long time ago. Here's what God says. 
I'm going to set Pharaoh up. That's not, let me say it even better. I'm going to use you to set the enemy up. So I could deal with the enemy in your life. Now watch this. And after I set him up, just stand there, don't do nothing. I got this. I, I, I got this. Just stand there, don't do nothing, don't do nothing. I got this, I got this. My problem, my problem is when I see the sea and I see the mountain and I see the enemy, here's me. Come on, I got this. God is saying, no, 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 put it down. I got this, I got this. And we need to learn how to stand still in the midst of calamity and let God fight for us. So sometimes he will take you the longest route to show you how he fights. Just stay there, stay there. Next week, we're going to pick this up next week. This was, this was the introduction. This was the introduction. This was the introduction. Because the fight is next week. You see what I'm saying? So, so here they are. They're trapped. Bernard, y'all good musicians? Everybody good? Y'all good? Don't mess up my message. Sit down. I'm good. No. Next week. They're backed up. Because that's our problem, right? We're backed up. The bills are due. Backed up. We don't know what to do. Egypt's coming out, we're backed up, and we don't know what's going on, and God isn't moving fast enough, because the Egyptians are getting closer and closer, and all of a sudden we call payday loan. <laughs> right? Call the old boyfriend, we call the drug man, we call somebody, because God, they're getting way too close. Matter of fact, they've gotten so close, they actually hooked the car up because they're about to drive off with it. And we, you know, and, and, and we don't know what to do, so we're freaking out. And we feel we need to do something. Shut your mouth. And watch what God, watch what God. Watch what. Lord. You're an awesome God. You're a powerful God. Magnificent God. You're showing us some things and taking us from Canaan to Egypt. And we're going to learn about your character. We're going to learn about your nature. We're going to learn about who you are. We're going to learn about what you do based on what you've done in the past. You still do it today. Because the God that was same yesterday, he's the same today. He's the same tomorrow, and he's same forever. So Holy Spirit, be God. Be God.